0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm.
1: From the armeniaproud.com studios, (inaudible) this is a Toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. A comprehensive look at the Armenian culture, only on lineupmedia.fm.
2: Genatset, genatset, Luisin Spesek, my friends. Welcome back to another great show here at armeniaproud.com. Brian, on our site, on our Armenian Proud site, does it say which episode we're in and all that?
0: Uh I am not sure. I don't I don't actually believe it says like a, a number, but I can give you a number.
2: You can you're not gonna make up a number.
0: Right? No no no. All I'm right, looking at it. I'm looking at the files right now. Uh this one that we are recording right now
2: will be episode one hundred and thirty two. One thirty two. One thirty two. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. Now next next school is one fifty, then two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're doing good there.
0: Cruising along.
2: Anything going on in the Armenian world, my friend?
0: Uh, Well, I was looking at a a bunch of different uh, news sites and stuff here, and I actually found just one thing that I thought was really interesting, and that is uh, apparently Armenian citizens spend uh, about
2: 65% of their income on food. 65% of their income goes on food. Yes. Well, what I'm thinking, pal, now check this out. I think Armenian people in Armenia are more family they they they're you know the the money they spend it's with the family uh, money-wise I mean the food it all goes to food I, I could see that uh, 65% go I mean what what else are they gonna spend it on they're gonna spend it on food and uh, what it takes to get from one place to another and their bills such as uh, uh, electricity and all that good stuff yes uh,
0: so the chair of the Armenian Consumers Union, uh, known as Armin Pogosyan, uh told reporters that um, the the market is expecting a lot of decline in the next uh, coming month. Decline in what? Uh, in in prices for food. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mainly because things like meat and butter and that kind of stuff went up in price due to other countries Uh, apparently i did not know this uh armenia gets a lot of their butter from new zealand we can make butter i know so i but because of because of a drought in new zealand it caused uh, butter prices to go up and uh other things have caused the price of meat to go up quite a bit but on a good note uh, armenians are producing more and more fruits and vegetables and the price of all that went down by 22 percent
2: 22 percent down on the veggies and fruits yes but the meat prices went up. Yes. Yeah, huh, Wow. Well, you know what? I, I just don't understand the butter thing. I bet there's a lot of stuff like, uh, like that out there to where we, we can't maybe, explain it. Maybe this is the thing that you need to get into in Armenia.
0: What, butter? and butter.
2: <laughs> I can see that. I put a big <laughs> uh, cow in the front of the box or something. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, I've i seen this, and it's kind of disturbing. Uh Twenty-eight-year-old person found dead after going missing in the Armenian forest. Y- yeah, Armenia, Armenia's Ar- 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 forest.
0: What was it that they just went on a hike and and something happened to them though? Or, or I hope or the it that Ghana said I did not
2: that. read too much into it. But it, I hope it wasn't man-made. I, I hope that uh, there there wasn't anything involved in foul play on this one. I hope it. I hope it was a stupid bear. And who who the hell ever said? Play dead when a bear uh, is yeah, attacking you. You shouldn't do that for
0: most bears, actually. There's one type of bear where that'll, that'll actually work, but for the most part, that is not what you are supposed to do. They say to, to lower your head. Lower your head and play dead. No Armenian will ever play dead. Play dead. Make, they said, make yourself small, do not run, do not climb trees, and they say, slowly walk backwards, keeping your head down and don't make eye contact. Really? And they said, if if but if you're going to if you are going to run, especially from something like say a polar bear, although I'm pretty sure you wouldn't find many of them here, no, you're not never. They they say you're actually supposed to drop pieces of clothing behind you because the bear will stop to look at whatever it is that you dropped
2: well and that's then, brilliant because the polar bear lives up on the antarctic so now i'm yeah. dropping so my
0: clothing dropping the clothing and then you'll freeze nah, to death but nah. you so you can face the bear or you can
2: face the cold yeah it's not the armenian way on that one either. <laughs> <laughs> we're running with our clothes and we're not going to play dead to the bear either i mean that that's a who the hell ever yeah. survived do, that anyway do not play dead do, yeah do not do that you will die well, my man, uh, we've got a guest that was on our show before, and uh, Mike. Mike was, uh, Michael was one of our uh, jazz people, musicians, and we've got Michael Sarayam back. Michael, how are you?
3: I'm great. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me back.
2: Yeah, anytime, my friend. Anytime, uh, Brian uh, notified me that, hey, uh, Michael's got some stuff going on. We've got to look into it and uh, maybe get him back on the show. And uh, he was very excited that uh, you played in New York. Uh, What was that, a full house there? No, uh, he played in Montreux. Montreux, okay. All right.
4: right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about
2: that. That was fun. Tell us what you've been up to, my man.
3: Yeah, so the past month and a half, I've been uh, traveling to Europe, uh, really. The first first short portion of it was uh, just with family. But then uh, I linked up with... um, this incredible blues singer who I play with in New York, uh, Betty Smith. And, you know, as you just mentioned, we played the Montreux Jazz Festival in uh, in Switzerland. We played the Cahors, I think it's pronounced Cahors, Blues Festival in the south of France. Uh, We did the Ghecho and Blues Festival in Ghecho, Spain, and we also did Santiago de Compostela in Spain. So that was really a a whirlwind uh, week, playing, playing with Betty Smith. And uh, and with Brian Kroc, who was the other Brian Kroc, who was an incredibly talented uh, saxophone player, which is how we got connected in the first place.
2: I thought you guys were kidding when you said there's another Brian Kroc out there. No. (laughs) No, I I told the story
0: last time that I went to see Brian Kroc play. I thought you were still talking about yourself. No, 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 no. I I went to see (laughs) Brian Kroc, and he was playing with this other guy who happened to be Michael. All
2: right, Okay. That's beautiful, that's beautiful now, Michael, you said blues, yeah, you play jazz. was it a little different playing the blues type, or is there any difference there
3: i mean there's um it's no it's you know it's everything kind of stems from the blues anyway, so it's uh
5: mm-hmm. it's a lot of
3: fun uh, Betty is an incredibly mm-hmm. talented singer and performer, and the rest of the guys you know we all get along, we all play along play really well together. So it's it's just kind of doing the same thing but different. You know, there's maybe more of a form. It's more of a, a blues form. So it might not be as uh, as intricate as some modern jazz compositions. But, you know, and also it's, it's more of a – there's a singer. It's more of a show. So, like, you can pack a thousand, a thousand people, uh, arenas and stuff, whereas with jazz, that wouldn't be so, so easy. But uh, it was a great time.
2: And, uh, Michael, last time we talked, uh, I brought up to you that uh, how much Armenia is influenced by jazz and how, I mean, they gather in the masses to sit and listen to this. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful scenery. Uh, they got their wines out outside. I mean, I mean it's, it's something that I think every jazz or blues musician has to be a part mm-hmm. of if they're in Armenia. Thinking about going back at all?
3: I definitely, you know, uh, so I just got back, uh, what was it, Tuesday at midnight. So I, I literally, I'm, I'm, you know, haven't even been back for 48 hours.
2: Old jet and lag, huh? I only,
3: unfortunately, yeah, you know, I, I unfortunately only spent my last week in, in Yerevan, um, which really wasn't enough. And it wasn't fair, really, to, uh, I realized once I was there, because I, I was coming off of a month of traveling and touring. And I get to Armenia, and I'm just so tired. I needed the first like three days to catch up on sleep, and I, I really couldn't um, experience it
2: right, as fully right. as
3: I wanted to. It took me—it took me a couple of days. So I really, in essence, I was there for maybe three or four days. Yeah. And
2: uh, and you get didn't get to enjoy had, it fullest.
3: Yeah, because there's so much to see. You know, small cities, small country, but there's so much going on, yeah. and uh, I couldn't appreciate it. But it's just. Gave me another reason to go back for a longer time. Beautiful. Um, While I was there, though, I I did get to catch the, I think it was the Yerevan State Jazz Big Band um, at the Kafezhin Art Center, which is beautiful. Um, I I don't know if you've ever been at the top of the Cascade in in downtown Yerevan. You have to.
2: Don't you have to? Yeah. If you're uh, you're an Armenian from the West, you almost have to climb that and just look down. Man,
3: uh, we... We got there, and, you know, it's Yerevan in the summer, so the heat is uh is very present, and uh, but it's dry heat, so it's not as bad as the New York community, but uh, everyone where I was in the group, and everyone was saying, oh, we gotta go up the escalators, and I said, I'm gonna sweat, you know, and uh, so my, my hand off and climb these stairs because it's beautiful.
2: Yeah, and yeah,
3: it, it's definitely worth it, and uh, we we saw the the concert, which was incredible. It's almost like the Yerevan version of the Jazz Club here in New York City. I don't know if you've ever been. Um, it's it's in the Columbus Circle uh-huh. building and it's at the very top and so you, you're in the audience and behind the bandstand, it's just the wall is windows and you're just looking over Columbus Circle and Central Park and yeah. the and Art Center is very, very similar because you have the stage and behind it huge windows and you're overlooking the Cascade and downtown Yerevan and it's
2: and, you know, the, the it's hills,
3: unreal. it's really
2: quite a sight. It's unreal. Yeah. That Cascade area right there, you've got all your restaurants, any type of restaurant you're looking for. You've got a, yeah. such beautiful modern art statues all around there. Mm-hmm.
3: They, yeah, both all.
2: Yeah, it looks so happy. Uh, big, lumpy, big bronze, <laughs> lumpy guys uh, all all uh, yeah, statues, yeah. monuments. up. But in any case, uh, it seems like it's always lively there. And p- people are just uh, it is. Uh, all the way till 2, 3 a.m. It just seems like people are out and just having a good time.
3: It's really crazy. Um, so my first day there, I got there on Monday morning, and I had a full day of activities planned out. Because I was uh, the, almost not the main reason I went, but I, th- I might have mentioned this last time I was on. I, I, you know, I worked for the AGPU here in New York City, I'm the Performing Arts Coordinator, and we have every summer a program called the Musical Armenia Program, which is a three-week program where musicians from around the world get to take private lessons, lectures, you know, we got cultural sightseeing activities. Right, and all yeah. yeah I so I kind of, yeah, and I kind of latched on to the last week of that. So I had, you know, the full day of activities, and then I had to do some work for HBU, and then I went for a really short walk uh, with Ty Karsinian, the, the former arts director at HBU, And it was like 11 p.m. midnight on a Monday night, and it was just packed. We went by the North Avenue, the Northern Avenue, which is like the newer, it's a new part of the city that leads up to the Opera House. Uh-huh. And it's like hundreds of people, you know, and in, in the uh, Republic Square, just so many people. I'm like, man, is this normal? It's just like a Monday night, people just hanging out on the street, having a good time, like, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. The, the energy is incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it's unreal. It's unreal. And there's so many restaurants slash bars that are out there that you could kick back and uh, just enjoy. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm telling you, folks, if if you're Armenian uh, or you know what, you're, you're Odar that listens to our show, you guys got to get out there. You guys uh, g- got to yeah, make a trip yeah. to Armenia. and Just enjoy it. So uh, you didn't um, get the fullest yeah. effect of the music there, though. You were there for three, four no. days. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow.
3: in essence, yeah. Because the first couple of days, I um, we went to a jam session. I got to like, jam with uh and Marzidossian, which was pretty cool, and uh, some other local cats.
2: Gotcha. And
3: uh, and some also some non Armenians also were there hanging out, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. And um, I, we, I did get to day, take a day trip to Gyumri, which is beautiful. And uh, some other activities, but like I didn't get to see the Comitas Museum. I didn't get to uh, see Garni. I didn't get to. Michael, do you were there for
2: three well. days. You were there three days. I uh, know. Uh, it's, it's tough it's on so you, much, man. So
3: much more
2: to do. Yeah, yeah, because you just came from Europe. You're already tired. You're making yourself do all this stuff just to say, "Hey, I seen this in Armenia." <laughs> yeah. So it had to be rough on you. Uh, what do you got going now? You got a. You got a new record. You got a. Are they even called records anymore? Yeah. Call it whatever
3: you want, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, the record's coming out, the album.
2: Yeah, the album. Yeah, wow. They are still yeah. called album.
3: They are, yeah, or LP, if you will.
2: Yeah. Huh. All right, all right. So you got something coming out now?
3: Uh, yeah, so we have an album coming out with my step uh, Michael Sarin and the Chavones. Uh, it'll be our third album um, coming out really soon, uh, August 10th, Friday, August 10th, uh, with Zoho Music, Leon, um, all original stuff, um, instrumental jazz, modern with South American rhythms and influences. And we have a album release concert at Rockwood Music Hall, uh, stage three, at 7 p.m. Monday, August 13th, here in New York City. We're that's an incredible venue, yeah. And we're playing in like the intimate, uh, like nice stages, you know. But this is like the downstairs one, with nice and intimate. And then we'll be playing in Perrytown with the Jazz Forum Summer, Summer Series Friday, August 17th at 6.30 p.m. I think we're at Pearson Park, um, and I said that's a free event. Uh, and then we got, you know, a bunch of other stuff in September. We'll be, we'll be on tour. We're going um, to Buffalo. We'll, 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 uh, Jazz Buffalo Presents is, uh, was great enough to uh, have us out there. We're playing at Pausa Art House. On um, September 19th, we'll be playing at my alma mater in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Muhlenberg College on Friday, September 21st. We'll be doing a master class and uh, a concert. And that'll be fun because that's my uh, 10-year homecoming reunion. So there'll be hopefully a lot of people I haven't seen in a while.
2: How many years? Um, 10 years. 10 years. No, you guys haven't changed in 10 years. Yeah, when you get yeah. to twenty, that's when you start seeing a little change. So you guys are still okay at ten. Uh hey, is okay, there a I'll, site? I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, Michael, is there a site that uh, everyone could go to to get the dates and uh, all that good stuff, all that good jazz? You might say.
3: Yes, you can definitely you can check out my website, uh, Michael Sarian. That's S A R I A N dot com. You can you know stream music, watch videos uh calendar is there. Um, and uh, on my Facebook, uh, I think it's Facebook.com slash Michael Sarian Musician. And, uh, yeah, there's, we have a lot of stuff going on for the rest of the year. I'm pretty excited. Um, you know, busy months in Europe. Getting here and kind of hitting the ground running. So I'm kind of
2: uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Yehbar, if you uh, get a chance, if you guys are ever in the St. Louis area, I'll uh, get us uh, – a lot of Armenians there, and uh, plus, uh, uh, during the day when you're not uh, performing or anything, we got kebabs at my house.
3: Oh man, that'd be incredible. Yeah. Uh, tell you what, I'm I'm trying to uh, in 2019, so next year I'm hoping to to cover a bit more of the of the country with touring. You know, with seven people, it's not so easy, but we're oh. going to do our best to uh to to get out of New York State and Northeast a bit, a bit next year.
2: Well, yeah, you, you Mike. Yeah. We are the capital. We are the mecca of where blues and jazz, I mean, St. Louis, all the great ones have come come through here. So we got to get you guys Mm -hmm. out here. Exactly. Definitely. It'll happen. It'll happen for sure. I got Brian here raising his hand here.
0: I just wanted to say that um, Michael – he, uh, he sent us an early release copy of the album, and I absolutely love it. I've listened it uh, front to back, back to front, and it is just a brilliant, brilliant jazz album, and I really, really loved it.
3: Oh, thank you so much.
0: My favorite song on the album is, uh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but uh, Casquito. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah that's my favorite it. song on the album. Like I just I love the way that it goes to, like it starts in one place and it goes to another place and it goes to another place and it goes to another place and, it another place and it's just a brilliant song, brilliant.
2: How much time that's, do you put
0: that's in great, this, right? Michael?
2: How much time do you and, does it take to come out with a song like this? He's he's talking about each part of the song. You're going different and different. I mean uh, that's got to be a tough right, right, right there with the notes and everything.
0: It's uh
3: yeah I mean it's. Uh, First of all I love doing it, you know, and it's um and I have a great great group of guys that play with me. Um so it's it's not it's it's a it, it, it takes time, you know, it might be it depends on the composition obviously, but I think this one, for example, you know, was a few months, maybe even a year. Wow. That you know, you, you bring it in, you rehearse it, you start playing, you know, you playing live with and then you're like, Oh, this needs to change or this can go somewhere else and then you know i've been playing with these guys for I and mean, again this is our third album our first one came out 2014 so That's
1: uh excellent. four
3: plus years probably about five or six so um we i have total confidence in wow. in their input and in what they have to say and uh, and they're uh, you know they're comfortable enough that they can they can feel free to tell me what they think you know wholeheartedly if they want to change something or if they think something doesn't work um so it's the rehearsal of, the the performance not in rehearsal setting and live setting with these guys is is really a, a real educational
2: yeah. uh well,
3: process for me and I and I love it.
2: Well, it sounds like a first-class operation and I tell you what, Brian it, listens to all sorts of music and when he gives a big props like that, it's uh, it's got to be top of the chart there. I I, mean, I appreciate it. it. And there's me a there's, there's up. actually
3: a video. There's a video for that tune on YouTube.
2: Nice. Um, so check you guys
3: want to check it out. It's yeah, it's live uh, yeah, the live recording from the studio.
2: Well, that's, that's great, Michael. That's great. That's yeah. great. Thank you so much, my friend, for coming on. And again, folks, uh if you want Michael uh music, n- know a little bit about dates and all that, I think it was Michael Sarayan. uh dot .com, right?
3: Yeah. And
2: S A R I A N, yeah. S A R I A N. Is that Saryan? Saryan Sarjan yeah. yeah.
3: Jewish, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like uh yeah I, I gotta tell you something though. My one of the highlights for my week in Yerevan was uh hanging out on Saryan Street. Um
2: did you, did you take a couple Yerevan? pics right underneath it?
3: I did. I went to and you know what was interesting? So whenever you see Martilo Saryan uh like on books on you know whatever articles, it's right. always S-A-R-Y. It's yes Because, you know the native
1: right.
3: uh Haiasan. But yeah. once you get to the the house museum, it's Sarian with an I, like like my name. Really. And uh, yeah, which is, I thought was really interesting because I think he was originally from Russia. Huh. So that might be a thing. But uh, anyway, that kind of made me. I, I was there with with a friend, and he was taking pictures of me. I was like laughing. I was so happy. It yeah, was you gotta pretty, be pretty funny.
2: You gotta be, and yeah. you know what? I'm glad you. I know it was only three days and you were dead tired, but you know what? You you got to enjoy a little bit. It made you a little hungry to come back and uh, maybe enjoy, like, a two-week uh, outing out there
3: sometime. Oh, at least, at least yeah. It's got to be like a, an Armenia trip. Can't, I, I can't tack it on again at the end of something else. This needs to be a dedicated Armenian um, uh, uh visit you know? yeah
2: but dude i'm telling you do not go to summertime because it was boiling it's <laughs> summer yeah my I'm, family yeah, I went. Know, I,
0: was, I was there
2: were you there oh jesus i thought it was right before yeah, summer I
3: was just
2: there oh, no okay. i was
3: ju- i just got back i was there last week
2: oh okay all right well my my family said they they were just so hot it was so hot in heimistan yeah. anyway thank you so much michael and uh, we'll catch you next time
3: Thank you guys. Yeah, hope
2: to uh talk soon. Okay. Take care. And that was Michael. Sorry, I'm Brian. How about that? Yeah, I love a having a friend him of the on.
0: show. I love having him on. He's he's uh a great musician and uh I like I said I've listened to his new album. I think it's amazing and I really hope that uh the listeners of the show uh purchase it.
2: You know what? We got our friend Danny who's got his own band. Yes. And what are they called?
0: I don't remember his personal band, but I mean, obviously, he plays with Parliament, George Clinton. I mean, yeah,
2: it'd be great if Danny and uh, Mike Michael got together one of these days. That would be nice. I'd I'd like to be there for that show. (laughs) Yeah, that would be sweet because uh, Danny said he's all about funk.
0: Yeah, but he he can play all sorts of stuff. I've seen some of the some of the other clips of that he's done, and it's it's like all over the place. Just how skilled he is. And, and Michael, I'm sure, is is exactly the same. I've only heard him play trumpet, but, man, can he wail on that thing.
2: Well, he did a great job with that interview, and we wish him nothing but the best. And uh, come back anytime, Michael, to uh, fill us in on what your next project's going to be. Always welcome on the show. Always welcome. He's a friend of the show. You can't go wrong with friend of the show. And speaking of friend of the show, we've got our wine segment coming up with Anoush. Hey, uh, Brian, uh, I'm kind of excited about this one. It should be a good one.
4: Hello, and welcome to another episode on Armenia Proud. This is the wine segment, segment with Anush. Today, I am traveling outside of Los Angeles. I'm visiting beautiful Paso Robles. And I am visiting a beautiful winery called Kiyami. And the most exciting part is that uh, the proprietor is Armenian, and his name is Ada Hi, Ada. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, having me here and uh, sharing your story, which we will in a moment, with the uh, our listeners. What a beautiful place.
5: Yeah, no, it's It's a nice place to end up. We're very lucky to be here.
4: All right. So it means that you said it's a nice place to end up means that there is a long journey leading to this. Of
5: course, I think with most people in this industry, it's a second type of primary business you do when you're younger, if you're lucky enough to uh, get out and do something you want to do, that's think like what most people's goal is in.
4: Wonderful. So, um, before I dive into the wine, I want to know your Armenian heritage, because this is Armenia Pratos to Armenia. Sure. I'd like to, would love to hear your story. How did you uh, arrive to the United States?
5: Uh, I was born here. I was born in Chicago. Babas Beirutener is from Beirut. Um. He came in 58, and we were born in Chicago, but moved to California right away when we were young. So okay. Three brothers. My dad had three brothers, and they all had parcels up in Fresno where we had Thompson seedless. So every summer, not only me, but my brothers and cousins, and as well us, the whole family would go up, and we'd do the harvest. And, um, it was hard work. So you learn what you don't want to do in life, and go to school to get out. So I, I went to New York City right after... About 24, 25 years old. I was there for about 15 years.
4: So, uh, so from Chicago to California yeah. and then to New York, what New York did you do in New York?
5: I did uh, high rise work. I did life safety systems for what was once a division of Honeywell. And then I started my own firm. Um, basically, high rise life safety is meaning the systems that operate the pole stations, the communications to the high rise building. It's a good business. It's a good business in New York. I enjoy being in New York when you're young. There's lots of opportunity available for you in New York.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, but as you get older, you tend to think you, know, you want to be here until you're 65, 70, and maybe not. So, uh,
4: so what clicked for you to say, okay, I'm packing up, and I'm going to go and make wine?
5: Well, after 9-11, things changed quite a bit for us. Yeah. Uh, so my life was downtown, had heavy exposure to the dust, so... She did get a little sick. When she got healthy, we decided we wanted to do something else. At the time, we were going to go to Vermont. We put a deposit down on an apple orchard. I went back to New York and told my friends that I'm leaving and going to Vermont and my clients as well, and that I'd be back once every six months if there's mm-hmm. any problems. My business partner, now Greg, who was a friend of mine in New York and also a client of mine, suggested we grew up on a vineyard about going back to California and maybe doing something of course, my response is no way. I'm not going back to Fresno. And, and table yeah. grapes is not a fun endeavor for me, but um, the processing of the wine is a whole different ball game. And it's it's the next level once you have done. It's grown for a long time. You, most growers, if you're growing wine grapes, at some point you want to make your own wine. Absolutely. So um, yeah, it was a nice opportunity to come back to California. Again, we ended up in Paso, which is a beautiful place. Uh, my wife says we miss our income from New York, but we quality of life value
4: here,
5: <laughs> it's hard to put a price on. You know? yeah. We have, my keys have been in my ignition for five years. I don't think about anywhere I go, you yeah. know. And, uh, my front door, I don't think I could find my house key. I haven't had it in five six years. In New York, I had seven locks on my door and neighbors all around. Here you know, I live on a property yeah. where there's, there's no one with an so It's a, uh, perspective helps coming from New York and having that perspective of what life could be in the big city. I think it gives
4: us a, a better appreciation. So, I mean, a, a, a lot of people, you know, when they go into the wine, they think it's this glamorous job. But you have the background of, um, you know, uh, working in, with, the, with the grapes. So you knew that it's not going to be glamorous. It's not going to be easy. You knew that it's going to be hard. It's, yeah. But you still yeah. went it's, into it.
5: And in my position at that point was I'm opportunity to get out of New York. you have to work hard and to do.
4: I think if you're lucky
5: enough to do something you like to do, that hard work isn't as taxing on you. And wine's a passion. So uh, I I always make the analogy to cooking. If you like cooking, if you're lucky enough to make a living cooking, then you're doing something that you're happy with in life. The same thing with the wine. We're we're passionate about what we do. We'll take less money to do it. uh, And uh, the people that we work with, the quality of life that we live, it all is part of that part of being in this industry and um, there's worse things I could be doing with my life at this point, going <laughs> <because I'm calling laughs> wine
4: and talking to you. So I know, I mean, I love wine. I can talk about wine forever. I can live in a wine country in a split of a second. But um, so how long have you had the winery and uh, um, how long have you been producing wine? So,
5: in we started the business. In 2005, we made our first vintage. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we had our first tasting room downtown for a couple of years which was nice, it helps get you started, but um, it's nice to be out here. When I first got started, I had a job in the vineyard working next door at Halter Ranch. I, see. I had vineyard experience, so when I came here, I just wanted to get into the wine end of it. Um, so because of that, a lot of our initial fruit came from Halter or from the properties in this area. So when this became available here, which is right next door, it was perfect for us knowing that our fruit comes from either this property, the property next door, the property right there. So yeah. it's all local fruit. The Adelaide fruit, we feel, is some of the better fruit in Paso. We tend to prefer the Bordeaux ones, which tend to be a little better up here. It's at higher elevation up here, so the Siraz and Zins tend to do a little better. I think in the Willow Creek, Avia mm-hmm. Avia, but in the Adelaide, AVA at the top of the mountain here in the Bordeaux. I Avia. was
4: going to ask you, actually, to um, tell the listeners, because some of the listeners, of course, would know a lot about Paso Robles, and some wouldn't. So how would Paso Robles be different from let let's say Napa Valley? or any other region, what is the speciality well, of I think this it's, area?
5: It, it, number one, I think what's special is it's still, we're still learning. We're mm-hmm. still figuring out what works well where. Um, of course, we've established some great vineyards and had some world-class wines. Um, but what's nice is, it's, in a sense, it's still pioneering the area. It's trying to find out what works best where. Even and now, 15 years later, it's a little different. When I got here, it was even more so that way. There's a little more of what we call the napification of Paso that's happening.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, because
5: you know, these guys came in early and made some great wines, now some, some really big corporate money is coming in, and that's going to change Paso. So, mm-hmm. uh, what Paso has right now, and will always have, is the soil, the climate, and, and I think the people like that nice country feel and small family all wineries where mm-hmm. mom and papa behind the bar and the son is the winemaker, that type of thing, it's getting harder and harder to find.
4: Yeah, which was the same. It used to be years and years ago in never Island and Sonoma, but it's changing. Yeah,
5: no, it, and and it's, it's, it's happening here as it's well. It's sad. but It is a it's a nature of the beast. It means you're doing something right. Yeah. So yeah. if you're making yeah. really good wine, that big money is going to find it and writing, and um, it's a compliment, yeah. we, we, we yeah. have really good lines and I think we're lucky enough that we got started when we did, it would be very difficult to do today, today. Uh, but again, um, we're okay being a small producer, mm-hmm. and being in what people consider might be an up-and-coming region, the people here tend to think we're no longer up-and-coming, we've oh, no, yeah. established ourselves in
4: yeah, the absolutely. So. What is this signature grape of Paso Robles? Is there one, or is there like a styles of varietals? Because like when you're seeing Napa Valley, you associate with the Bordeaux, like Cabernet, etc. Uh, and what about Paso?
5: I think with Paso, you find more of a blend. we can grow so many different varietals. With the microclimates that we have here, which mm-hmm. is tremendous, it's, it's unbelievable how different the soil could be, or the, the temperature here at the top of the mountain when I drive through the fog every day. Mm-hmm. I get to the top and it's sunny and clear. Where at the top here we're getting two, three hours more sun where it's still foggy and, and, and cooler down a little bit below the, the fog line. Um, so we, we can grow really good Zin, really good Rome varietals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Syrah was a Rome blend, that one number one wine in the world, produced by our winery Saxon wine. In the area. It wasn't an Napa wine, it wasn't a Bordeaux, it wasn't an mm-hmm. Italian wine, it was a Passarola's wine. Uh, so that, that, I think the Rhone's do very well, but also, go back to the day when the Justin Sausage one. From I was S-mort, going to say, what
4: about the Justin one? That's yeah. a Bordeaux
5: yeah. one. So, completely different varietals. but
4: from Paso, but, from, Paso, but yeah. from
5: one of the different ABAs. So, now we're dealing with um, sub appellations in Paso where we didn't have that
4: before. Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, it's just one big appellation. Now it's been broken up into where it's a little more refined as far as microclimates. Yeah. So, it's a little, like I said, we have a Sun up here, mm-hmm. Little Creek is a different AVA, it's a little cooler there. Uh, east side is a different ABA, so it's broken down more into the climate rather than just the region as a whole. I think that's helped because I think you can find what the Zins do better, or a Zin from the Little Creek versus a Zin from the Adelaide district. So, uh, you'll get variations in those types of grapes because mm-hmm. of the, the climate itself, which is great. For Paso, I think you'll find most people are blending. Because we can get really good rivals mm-hmm. and create something unique to that yeah, yeah, This is our blend. This is something we produce and we can stand behind. And that's, that's the
4: part. That's, that, that's amazing. I mean, I love visiting Paso Robles. I love the wines. And it's just, like you said, it still has the feel of being uh, in a country and, you start, and, and enjoying it to the fullest. The beauty and the deliciousness and everything to come with it. Uh, so, you said that you source the uh, grapes from nearby uh, vineyards, do you grow your own as we well? Don't, we don't. don't. But
5: we've been sourcing from some of these places for many, many years, yeah. so um, those we consider our estate sources. Yeah, absolutely. So some of these vineyards, when we got here, were planted specifically for us, uh-huh. so we were buying from day one. And that's We want to keep consistency in products, so as yeah. we grow, we have plenty of space available to plant here on the property. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll be down the road. Right now, we're happy with the grapes that we're getting. Mm-hmm. Our production level is in around two thousand cases. I was going to ask how much
4: wine do you produce? Uh, and
5: we mm-hmm. make four or five reds, so that's still two thousand cases. Mm-hmm. It's only like three hundred cases per pro- program. That's that's really small. Yeah, uh,
4: which leads me to another question: Are where are your wines available? Like for the let's say listeners in uh, Los Angeles if they want to go to a grocery, I mean not the grocery, but the wine specialty
5: store? Yeah, no, it won't be available in any uh, retail outlets in, in Southern California. We do have some fine restaurants that we sell to, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't do any retail. If anybody would like to find the wine for retail, we're available online. You can okay. call us and we'll have the wine to you the next day. But yeah, the retailers with our production level, if they start selling quite a bit of it, I can't supply them. Yeah, so yeah. we generally sell most of everything to our wine club through here okay. and to some restaurants. Um, in Boa Steakhouse in Southern California, it's okay. a nice steakhouse down in Santa Monica. They've had our wine for a number of years. Uh, Enterprise Fish Company in Santa Monica has mm-hmm. the room by the glass. Uh, and we have quite a few placements um, in the West Hollywood area as well, but again, mostly restaurants.
4: Most it's gonna so they can they can uh, go onto your website, which is uh, K I M A M I E winescom and then join the wine club.
5: You don't even have to join the wine club. You can order the wines. Just I suggest that. you order some wines, try them, and um, most people that try our wines join the club because of the exclusivity aspect. Uh, so a few of the wines that we make are only given to club members. So our best wines are club member only the allocation. Yeah. Ones. So. If you try some of the, the wines and you like them, guarantee you'll like the allocation wines because uh,
4: So the tasting room is it open to public?
5: We're open seven days a week, uh-huh. uh, eleven to five every day. Yeah, and we do. Um,
4: that would general, be the best way to do to come out. Come busy. on out
5: and see us. And if you call me ahead of time, if it's midweek, obviously on the weekends we get a little busy out here, uh-huh. but on the midweek especially in the summertime, give me a heads up and we'll make arrangements to take you out to the winery and do barrel samples. Oh, that um, would be that's exciting. That's available on an appointment basis. Yeah. And, um, oftentimes, people just show up and want to do that. It's difficult to do yeah. without having some uh, heads up. Yeah. yeah, we're willing to take you out there and it's a yeah. learning experience. we we'll learn how a Cabernet tastes in a French barrel versus Cabernet in American barrel. It's the same vineyard, same source, but very different in the barrel.
4: I mean, that, that would be an amazing experience because a lot of times, um, it's hard to explain on words to say, okay, this wine is going to taste this way, and this one, this, it wouldn't be this barrel and this barrel. But if you actually come and taste it, then you see that's that's amazing experience.
5: It's a very good bucket. learning experience. And yeah. from that point on, you'll understand what that French barrel does, and you can, not always, but you should be able to identify it a little more in other wines that you drink. You'll mm-hmm. be able to say, oh, I remember this might this yeah. taste a little more like the French barrel yeah. that we had.
4: Exactly,
5: um, and, and so I think that will really help. <laughs>
4: it's okay. We are we we are at the winery. We are at the tasting room. Yeah. So we. Have,
5: well, we got puppies okay. and dogs running around. <laughs> yeah. This. <laughs> uh, well, right. Yeah. So. Um, all
4: right, buddy.
5: Hey, John. I, I forgot Thank where you. I left off. It's okay. I had the dog interrupt.
4: You. Yeah, the, <laughs> the dog. Aren't you? Can me. I it? <laughs> We have here your partner. Would you like to say a few words, share some of your experience? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, We're okay. Yeah. Um, is the, so what is the? Um, I'm gonna ask you this question. What is your ultimate goal?
5: Um, I think the ultimate goal is to be doing this as long as I can.
4: Awesome. Yeah.
5: This, I think, is a type of gig that we could do till you're, you know, 70, 75 years old. Very happy make year. the best wine in Paso Robles. Okay,
4: awesome. so there. See how I was trying to get you to add time into the conversation. So now we have it. So the ultimate goal is to make the best wine. Holy well, can.
5: That's like 500 five years. And
4: to, and to make it as long as you can and also enjoy it with uh, family and friends and share and spread the love because I think wine is.
5: It's one what it's of all about the, yeah. family, friends, food, expression uh, of life. It's, it's a a nice place
4: yeah well um thank you so much is there anything that you'd like to add for our armenian
5: listeners come on up and taste some wine um come on up and see our llama we have a llama her name is june some of you might get that um but yeah we're here every day
4: who don't get it llama june so llama is the animal and june is the name so it's a llama june so come see Lama June. Come take Do some it. nice wines.
5: And we're here every day, so we'd
4: love to see you. All right. Thank
2: you very much. Thank you, all. Well, I tell you what, Ara. I got hungry when you mentioned those left Jun's. Brian, these are Armenian pizzas, man. No cheese on it. It's just hamburger, parsley, onions, and a little flat round bread. Mm, crackling bread. I'll tell you what. Ara... Dermegian, and that was uh, Anush, our own Anush Garibian uh, O'Connor. Yes,
0: got to I, throw on the Irish at the end. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, another great wine segment, Anush. Thank you so much, and thank you Ara. We gotta check that uh, place out. What's it called again? That uh, winery, Kiame, Kiame, Kiame Wine Cellars. And uh, this is outside of L.A., she said.
0: Yes. She said that this is in uh, Pasa Rob- Robles. Ro- okay. Robles. All right. I, I don't can't know how wait. To pronounce I can't that.
2: wait. I'm not good with my Spanish. Well, <laughs> my mouth's still watering with the left edge, I'm so <laughs> hungry. <laughs> All right. Thank you, my friends. That concludes another another great show here at Armenia Proud. And, by the way, check out Yoradio.com. Do some downloads and put a big like on our page. Find us on Facebook. At uh, armeniaproud.com. Right? Yeah. Uh, that's what our uh, Facebook it's, it's, is, too. I isn't think it's it?
0: facebook.com slash toast to
2: Armenia. Toast to Armenia. That's it. I'm so, I'll tell you what, I'm so proud of my uh, site on uh, our uh, iTunes. It's called armeniaproud.com. Yes, yes. And uh, hey, leave a review, too. You know what? I know we haven't been on the. Era, uh, what? It's been like uh, we, 100... we were on last time yes, But now we're up to 132, 132 On our episodes. episodes Let's shoot for 150 And then we'll shoot for the stars Thank <laughs> you so much my friends Tune in next week From uh, Brian and party.
1: <laughs> Tune in next week For another episode of A Toast to Armenia With Jono Kabinjian Find the show online at armeniaproud.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation at facebook.com slash armeniaproud or Twitter at armeniaproud. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm.